Hello and welcome to Curse of Carmilla. If you haven't already, you should go and listen to the previous episodes, beginning with episode one, Welcome to Barovia. Otherwise, what's about to happen won't make any sense. In case you've forgotten, I'm Kim Dean, playing the character of Ansel, the ASMR fiend warlock. And I'm Jordan Montgomery, playing May, the tiefling celestial warlock. I'm also the DM for this adventure, adapted from Wizards of the Coast's Curse of Strad. Just to remind everyone, this is operating a little differently to normal D&D. While stuck in lockdown, there's only two of us, but the rolls of the dice are still deciding our fate, and almost everything you hear will be improvised. Remember, if you've got suggestions, we want to hear them, so talk to us on Twitter at Curse of Carmilla. Anyway, I'm going to pass you over to Jordan for a quick recap. Previously on Curse of Carmilla. We did it. We killed her. Ansel and May wake up in the Martikov winery, and May turns to Ansel and says exactly that. Ansel turns around to look at them. I know. I think things in Barovia might be a lot safer from now on. I think so too. God, I can't believe it. We still have a few loose ends, though. I want to go and see the abbot. Are you sure that's a good idea? I just want to know why he didn't tell me about the others, and why he told me it was foolish to try and defeat Carmilla, and I assume he passed on the warnings to the others. I'm upset with him. Okay, don't do anything stupid, please. I'm not going to, I'm just, uh, I'm just upset, and I, I think that's fair. We need to tell Falaki. <sighs> yeah, we do. And if we find Esmeralda again, I think we should suggest checking out Castle Ravenloft one last time. Yeah, it's probably still full of all sorts of things. We should go clear it out. Yes. And then Davian said we could stay for a bit? Yeah, as long as we wanted. I don't want to impose, but I think I'd like to take him up on it. I'm really tired. I love you. I love you too. And we head downstairs. Zuleka, Emil, and the child are packing up the last of their things and getting ready to leave. They turn to us before they go and... Ansel, May, we got it just about the goal. It's been nice, Zuleka. Uh, thank you for helping us. Thank you. I'm not going to miss this place. Not even slightly. But I might miss you. I think I might miss you too, Zuleka. We might try and find a place to live near Blackwood or Kashir, if you ever want to try and find us. That would be nice. I don't know what we're doing yet, but Davian has offered us a place to stay for a while. That would be smart. Get some rest. And then, once you're okay, well, you can come find us. Safe travels, Zuleka. Yeah. Safe travels. Also, just to let you know, after much consideration, we have decided to name the child Ansel. My name is Steven. Shut up, your name is Ansel now. Ansel just leans into May and goes, That is one of her jokes, right? Yeah, of course. Goodbye, Ansel. Goodbye, May. They gather up the rest of their things and head out of the vineyard, ready to leave Barovia for the final time. After a moment or two, Davian then comes into the kitchen. Oh, good, you're both awake. I was getting worried. We're fine. 
Ansel raises a hand to their heavily bandaged neck and goes, Mostly fine. You poor things. You are welcome to stay here for as long as you want. Whenever you want. It is the least I can do to repay you. If you would have us, I I would be very grateful. Of course, Ansel. Anytime. There's one last thing. I assume you know that my real name is not Ansel. I did think it sounded an awful lot like Angel. That's what May said. There was too much danger in using my name here, in this place. But I would like you to have it before I go. You don't have to do this if you don't want. I know true names are significant. Well, May has it, and I intend to give it to Irina. And you, if you'll have it. It is an honor. Ansel leans down and whispers something in Davian's ear. He nods. Thank you. If you're ever in trouble and you call for me, I'll know. Thank you. After a few more minutes, Irina comes down. And once we've all been fed, we gather our things and head off to Velaki. We stop by at the inn first, just in case we see any familiar faces. And Esmeralda is sitting there waiting for us. She leaps to her feet and runs over to us. Oh my god, you have to tell me everything. First things first, uh, Irina, meet Esmeralda. Esmeralda extends out in her hand and playfully flicks her own hair back. Esmeralda de Avenir. I'm the girl who killed Vladimir. Irina grabs her hand and shakes. Irina Kalyana. I'm the girl who killed Carmilla. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to meet another vampire hunter. The pleasure is all mine. <clears throat> yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, tell me everything. Ansel looks between the two of them for a moment and then tries to focus. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's all a bit of a blur, but I disguised myself as Irina going in. Um, God, she bit me again. Irina disguised herself as May and was nearly killed by her, but then Carmilla realized what she'd done and let her guard down and then Irina delivered the killing blow. It was all in the day's work. Esmeralda looks a little flustered, but she says, Well, Irina, you're the the hero of the hour. You'll have to tell me everything. Well, I'm a little thirsty. Maybe you should buy me a drink first. Ansel just turns to look to May like, Is this this what I think this is? May nods. Ansel, maybe we should go and tell the Burgomaster. Yes, I really ought to tell him about... The vampires, and there not being any. Yes. Yes, we'll... Yes, we'll sh- we should go. Yes, yes. We head out of the inn, and May just stops and looks at Ansel. Did, did, did that just happen? I think so. I didn't know she had that much game. She's full of surprises. Goodness, no wonder Carmilla liked her so much. Well, she'd go find whoever's in charge and... Yes, we should. I assume they'll be able to tell the other villages and news will spread. Hmm. If the sunshine hasn't been enough of a clue already. We head to the Burgomaster's mansion. We are greeted at the door by a servant. We are here to speak to the Burgomaster. He'll be upstairs in his study. Please, do come in. She brings you upstairs into a small office where Victor Velakovich, son of Vargas, is sitting at a desk. Oh, you're... You're back. Well, 
What's the news? She's dead. Sorry, I was a little surprised. Barovia is free. You should send word to the other villagers. Yeah, I will. And gods above, maybe I should host a celebration. A festival? The greatest of the year. Good luck with it, Victor. Thank you for everything. Well, it's what I was sent here to do. And we leave. We head over towards the inn, but don't see any sign of Esmeralda and Irina yet. They must still be busy. Do you want to head over and see if Rudolph's around? Yes, I have a present for him. We head over to the stockyard where Rudolph, still in the Rictavio disguise at the moment, is over near his wagon. He's dropping some uncooked steak through a vent at the top, and he sees us approach. Ah, you're all back. Takes the ring off. You made it. Yes, we did. She's dead, Rudolph. <laughs> then it's done. Yes. I can finally retire. I'm thinking of going somewhere with a bee. I hear salt marsh is lovely this time of year. Well, I wish you good luck on your travels, but I do hear the roads are dangerous this time of year. You know, I think you'd be better off taking a travelling companion with you. Yuck, 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 yuck. I used to practice my comedy sets in the crypts at Ravenloft, but the room was dead. Yuck, 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 yuck. You know, I think I might need a traveling companion on the road. Ansel hands over the Vladimir Broga puppet. Yuck, 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 yuck. You know, I think he's beginning to like me. Of course I like you. You've got your hand all the way. Vladimir. (laughs) We'll have none of that. As you say, boss. Ansel is dying, and once Ansel has collected their breath, which takes a minute, they give Rudolph a hug and let him get on with feeding his tiger. We head back to the inn. Irina and Esmeralda are still chatting, but they notice us as we approach. So, how did it all go? The Burgomaster has been told and I gave Rudolph his present, so I'm done. Onto Kresk then? I was telling Esmeralda about your plan. Do you want to come with us? Absolutely. I feel like sticking around a little bit longer. Oh, I can't imagine why. Anyway, I just want to speak with him. I think I'm entitled to answers. We will be with you every step of the way. Then we'll go. We head down the road to Kresk and up the winding mountain road to get to the abbey. There, in the centre of the Grand Hall, stands the abbot. Welcome back, Ansel. Abbot, I know you told me not to return, but we have killed Carmilla and Vladimir Broga. That is what you were sent here to do. 
It was what I was sent here to do, and what the angels, lying dead in the crypt of Ravenloft, were sent here to do. How could you not tell me? I did not think it was important. They were our siblings, our... How could you not say anything? I alone sent them all to die here. That would make sense, given they all died. Don't you care? Aren't you angry? If it was Iolonus's will, then Iolonus's will has been done. Fuck Iolonus's will! He stares at you and all six eyes blink. My duty was to rid Barovia of evil, as was yours as was all the rest of the angels who were sent here. Carmilla and Vladimir were not all the evil in this land. It is apparent to me that there is yet more, and it is my duty to rid Barovia of all the evil that is here. And at once he drops his disguise. The six eyes on his face begin to burn with flames. Fifteen-foot wings shoot out his back, and where his body was, there are wheels, burning and covered with eyes, and shining with a divine, holy light. This eldritch being that was the abbot raises itself up into the air, and roll for initiative. Quick as a flash, Esmeralda pulls out her crossbow and shoots at the abbot. The bolt hits the wheels, but is deflected off and does very little damage. And could everyone make a dexterity saving throw? as a blast of radiant energy bursts out from these wheels. It strikes all of us, and everyone except Ansel takes 13 points of damage. Ansel, you take half, which is halved again, because you're resistant to radiant. Irina's turn. She's going to look up at this creature, realize for a moment that she doesn't have that many ranged attacks, and Esmeralda's going to reload her crossbow, pass it to Irina and say, here, take this. Oh, thank you. And she aims up, and unfortunately misses. Sorry, I haven't used some of these before. Six blasts of fire shoot out of May's fingertips. They strike up towards the abbot, but only three of them hit. They take 26 points of damage. Ansel, your turn. Ansel sweeps their grey hair out of their face, and then looks at the abbot and says, Stay away from them. Ansel's eyes begin to glow and they sprout a second set of luminous incorporeal wings, and they fly 30 feet up into the air. They glare at the abbot. Esmeralda takes the crossbow back off Irina and says, here, let me show you how to do it. You just gotta... She pulls the trigger and shoots up at the abbot. Again, the bolt hits, but it, it doesn't do a lot. It's the abbot's turn. He's going to look over at Ansel with all of his however many eyes that is and the wheels around him are going to begin to spin, and he swoops over towards Ansel. The wheels slash and bash into you, and the radiant light from within burns, although only a little, and you take 33 points of damage from him. Irina's turn. She takes the crossbow back off Esmeralda and says, oh yeah, oh I see, like this. And she strikes the abbot just where Esmeralda's bolted hit. Yeah, kinda like that. May's going to try the same thing they did again, and. Six blasts of fire shoot out from their fingers. 
Four of them hit, and he takes 40 points of damage. Ansel, your turn. Some of Ansel's blood drips onto the marble floor of the abbey. They raise their scimitar. They slash at the burning wheels with their sword and deal 16 points of damage. Esmeralda takes the crossbow back, reloads it, and shoots, but they miss. I guess you're the expert now. The abbot, once again, is going to spin their wheels and swoop at Ansel. Ansel, you take 26 points of damage as the burning wheels spin around your body and you're bathed in the radiant light from within. Irene is going to take the crossbow back again, reload and say, Now let me show you how it's done. And she strikes the abbot in one of their eyes. I can't believe they're having a date night. Like, this is what, this is a date, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. Fucking lesbians. I was if we wouldn't have a date to go kill God. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Anyway. May's turn. They've got one spell slot left. What the hell? They're going to Scorching Ray again. Another six blasts of fire shoot out of May's hand, and four of them strike the abbot once again. He takes 29 points of damage. Ansel, your turn. The abbot isn't looking great, is he? No, he is not. The abbot's wheels are cracked, and some of the eyes are closed now. His wings are singed. Ansel isn't looking great either. They're bleeding and clutching one of their arms. And then they look to the abbot, and they reach a decision, and they say, There's one difference between you and I, abbot, and it's that I have people willing to bring me back. And Ansel casts fireball centered on themselves. Please make a dexterity saving throw. The blast of fire engulfs both of you. The abbot's wheels begin to crack and splinter, and the radiant light from inside begins to glow brighter and brighter until it consumes the wheels, the eyes, the wings themselves begin to burn. And then with a flash of light, there is nothing. Ansel, you fall unconscious and plummet 30 feet to the ground. You take one failed death saving throw from hitting the ground. Everyone rushes over towards you and May drops as much of their healing as they can. Ansel, Ansel, are you okay? Yeah. You idiot. Sorry, I was mad, and I knew you'd... I knew you'd have healing left. Ansel, you dumb bird, don't ever do that again. Yeah, I hit my head on the way down. Mm. Ah. Ansel starts to come to their senses as, as it all starts to click into place. And then they reach for Esmeralda and grab her and go, Holy water, now! Yep, right away. She pulls a vial out from a belt pouch and hands it over to you. Ansel pops the cork with the teeth and drips it onto their hand and waits for it to hurt. It doesn't. Really? Let me try something, May says, very, very carefully, wrapping their hand in their sleeve and picking up the vial of holy water. They go over to what remains of the abbot, just a few wheels and bits of feather sitting on the floor and they pour a drop of holy water onto one of the feathers. It sizzles and smokes and burns. Oh. May puts the cork back in the vial. And so slowly, painfully gets to their feet. What's going to happen to the abbey now? 
we hear movement from upstairs and heavy footsteps on the stairs on the way down. And Vasilka, the woman who the abbot made for Vladimir, appears in the grand hall. Vasilka? She doesn't say anything. Okay, so she didn't speak when we last saw her, so she might not be able to. So Ansel's going to try message because she'd be able to respond telepathically. Vasilka? She doesn't respond with words, per se, but you get the feeling that she is greeting you. I'm sorry, Vasilka, but the abbot is dead. Again, it's not verbal communication, but she knows she heard it from upstairs. I suppose you're the closest thing he would have to an heir, so if you would be happy here, you could stay? She agrees. The rest of the abbot's experiments and creations all like and respect her. She thinks someone needs to look after them. If you're worried about the townsfolk, I could cast greater restoration on you. You would look like one of them. She refuses. She doesn't want that. Ansel smiles and nods. That's fair. Well, you can send someone for us if you have any trouble. And Ansel sends her image of the winery and she'd know where to find it. She thanks you and wishes you well on your travels. Ansel nods and then gathers the others, tells them what their silent conversation with Vasilka entailed, and they leave. We head back to the winery for the night and invite Esmeralda along. It's easier than going back to Vallaki. She happily accepts the invitation and spends the entire walk back talking to Irina. Ansel really doesn't want to interrupt them, but after a moment or two, they look over their shoulder back to them. Esmeralda, sorry to interrupt, but we're thinking about going to Castle Ravenloft. Carmilla's dead, but she may still have some allies left. Be my pleasure to come. I was hoping you'd ask that. And then Ansel remembers the wound on the back of their head and the still healing scars from Carmilla. But I'd like to wait a couple of days. You could stay with us in that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to do that. Ansel is going to use their message cantrip and send a message to Irina that just says, You're welcome. So we head back to the winery. We all get some rest. Davian makes an extra room for Esmeralda. Although you do notice every night as you're walking back to your room to go to bed that Esmeralda's room doesn't look like it's been slept in at all. And now that you mention it, you haven't seen much of either Esmeralda or Irina over the last couple of days. Anyway, they must be busy with something. Yes, that must be it. And after a few days, when you're all rested up again, you decide to head out to Ravenloft. As we're almost there, Irina stops and turns to us. Do you mind if we stop in the village for a bit first? I would like to see Ismark. God, of course you haven't seen him in a while. Yes, of course. I would like to. And we head down to the village and find the burgomaster's house. And Irina knocks on the door. Irina? Ismark? They hug. I thought I had lost you. No, you don't have to worry. I was always going to find my way back home. They hug some more. He invites us inside. And, well, we stay for dinner, I suppose. And after a little while, Irina hugs him again. We have to go, just for a little bit. We still have a few things we need to do. Are you sure it is safe? Oh, I haven't shown you yet. But 
I have a way of looking after myself now. And she takes out the sun sword and lights it up. Holy shit. She deactivates it. Oh yeah, did I mention I killed Carmilla? What? Oh yes, I stabbed her. With this. She's dead. I did it. Oh my god. I'm so proud of you, Irina. You have grown so much. I love you, Ismark. I love you too, Irina. And we say our goodbyes again and head back up the road to Castle Ravenloft. On the winding road up to the castle, Ansel mutters under their breath, Oh, I wonder who gave you all those powers, Irina. I wonder who on earth possibly could have helped you defeat Carmilla Broga. Oh, shut up. I know you helped. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just teasing. I noticed you didn't mention to your brother that you'd become a warlock. Some things he is perhaps better off not knowing. I see. And we reach the gates of Castle Ravenloft. They're open. As is the front door into the castle. Wide open. Ansel looks to the others. Someone's been here? Or someone's left? Be careful. We don't know what we're going to find. We head on in. And the castle is quiet. Sunlight streams in through the windows. And we don't see or hear anything. Hmm. Maybe they've all left. All of them? We could have a look around. Yes, let's. We pop upstairs again to the study and the bedroom. They're just as we left them, although some of the books have, by the looks of it, been pilfered. And we head to the balcony. There's no one there. And we head downstairs. Not quite to the crypts, but below the ground floor. And we do start to hear something. We start to hear the scratches of an ink pen on parchment. I think somebody's writing. Be careful. Oh, a pen is a terrible weapon. It's deadlier than a sword. <laughs> and we very carefully creep down to this room and open it up. We see stacks upon stacks of gold, jewels, precious metals, bills of ownership, deeds. There is even a massive dragon skull sitting in the back. And in front of it all is a small wooden desk and a very old grey-haired man scratching down things on parchment. And he looks up and sees us. Oh, what do you want? Who are you? Um, sorry, but who are you? I'm the accountant. The accountant? What do you think Carmilla managed all this pile of wealth by herself? Uh, um, uh, no, but I... The castle is, is empty now. No, oh, is it? Well, Carmilla died recently. Oh. Oh, that's unfortunate. Last I heard, she was excited about her wedding. Yes, it was very sudden. Oh, very tragic. <sighs> suppose I'll have to go through the paperwork and find out who the heir is. Excuse me, sir. Yeah? Well... I don't know if Carmilla ever told you who she was going to be married to, but... Uh, she... she never said. She just said some girl that she loved. I don't know. Well, you see, it was... it was me. We were to be married, you see. I'm, I'm sorry, it is still so fresh in my mind. So, it was on the day of our wedding, so we... We never actually... We were never able to sign off anything official, but 
Well, I suppose. Wouldn't that make me her only heir? And I'm going to have her make a deception check for this. Ansel is going to put their arm round Irina and make sympathetic noises. It really is very tragic. She was... Irina here is my ward and it, I was so hoping to see her in a good marriage and, well, it's all fallen apart now. Esmeralda and May are dying in the background. They're trying so hard not to laugh and playing it off as they're weeping alongside her. So I'm going to count that all of this as helping. <laughs> also, Ansel has their hand on Irina's shoulder and gives them guidance. So that's a 29. It was so tragic. I loved her so much and I'm so sad that she is gone. Perhaps her vast wealth could console me. The accountant starts weeping. <laughs> this is so tragic. Of course, of course I can leave everything to you. It would have been yours anyway. Yes, it would have. What, what, what was hers was going to be mine and I suppose it is only fair that it is now. That's Irina Kolyana from the village of Borovia. Yes, that's Irina with two E's. Yes, uh, the burgomaster's house. Yes, that's the right one. Just make sure you get the right details. Yes, you can You can just start moving it all there whenever you, whenever you can make the arrangements. Ansel is going to keep their arm round Irina and just talk about what a good match it had been and, and what a shame it was and, you know, generally just giving her a hand in this deception. And the accountant begins the process of transferring Castle Ravenloft and all of its wealth to Irina. And once that's done, we back out of the room. And before we go, Ansel's going to look over at the accountant and go, is that a dragon skull? Uh, yes, it, it was Argenvost's skull. One of Camilla's er- early conquests. Well, I don't know if you also managed Vladimir's finances. Uh, of, of course I did. God, it all seems so silly now, but we were... Uh, and Ansel's going to, like, fake blush. <laughs> Use your mask of many faces just to make your cheeks redder. Yep. He always promised me that dragon skull. It would have been a great memento of him bef- before he before he passed away. Irina's going to put her arm around your shoulder. Yes, it was so tragic. Vladimir always promised that he would give the dragon skull over to Ansel here. It is so sad that he would not be able to do that anymore. Well, 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 don't you worry. I'll make sure that memory is honoured. Of course, of course, you can take it. Ansel's going to bring in Bertrand and point at the dragon skull. And Bertrand's going to lurch forward and pick it up. And still weeping, Ansel's going to thank the accountant once again. And we're going to walk out of there. May and Esmeralda are just dying the moment we walk out the door. Oh my god, you idiots. I can't believe that worked. Shh, shh, shh. wait, wait, wait until we're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We walk up another floor and we wander around the castle for a while, leaving Bertrand outside with the dragon skull. After a little bit, May's going to just look around and say, you know, I saw a really, really tall tar on a way in. Tallest tower in the building. I wonder what the view's like from up there. They're going to grab Irina and cast Dimension Door. Seeing May vanish and knowing exactly where they've gone, Ansel's going to offer Esmeralda their arm and do the same thing. We appear in the highest room of the tallest tower in Castle Ravenloft and look around. It's 
fairly empty, except for the spiral staircase leading down, and something moving around in the rafters. May's going to summon their greatsword just out of caution, and then the figure drops down. They look like a jester, except they're maybe about two foot tall, and their skin is not skin, it's wood and sewn leather. And this clockwork doll is going to jingle merrily from side to side. Hello, my name is Piddlewit, and I am here to entertain you. Oh no. May is going to make an athletics check here. Seeing this dancing clockwork clown in front of them, and seeing everyone's horrified reactions, May is going to kick it down the stairs. We hear it bounce and clatter on every stair on the way down. And then eventually we hear a thud and a smash as it hits the bottom and breaks into a thousand clockwork pieces. Well, that was horrifying. The last great horror of Castle Ravenloft. Let's go see the view. May looks out the window to see the entirety of the Barovian Valley. It's breathtaking. Irina and Esmeralda are going to look over too. God, it's beautiful. Make a perception check. She's going to grab Irina's hand and hold it. Ansel's going to lead May gently away for a moment, just onto the staircase, and let them have a moment. I'm so glad it's all over. So am I. You can rest now. If the nightmares stop me. God, looking around this place, I can't believe it's all going to be Irina's. <laughs> I wonder what she'll do with it. I dread to think of it being left empty. I mean, all the crypts, the secret rooms. It's the perfect vampire lair, I suppose, or the perfect place to show people what a vampire lair is like. Are you thinking, like, a school? I'm thinking that you could teach vampire hunters here. Suppose you could, yeah. Show them around the crypts. Show them all the tricks and secrets. They Show them what not to do. Yes, and Irina has agreed to bury the angel bones properly in the chapel. It could be hallowed. I think that'd be a really good use of this place. I wonder what she'll say. We turn back around and Irina's arm is over Esmeralda's shoulder. Maybe we can ask them later. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> hey, Ansel, you've still got your wings today, haven't you? Ansel's been saving this for a special occasion, and they hadn't told me. Their second set of wings, usually incorporeal, comes in full. The wings are grey and feathery, and have maybe a 15-foot wingspan, all fully out. May's going to run over to the window and jump out. Ansel's going to go, shit, and jump out after them. And flap their wings, dive down, and try and catch them. Make a dexterity check. Halfway down the tower, you catch May in your arms and flap your wings and manage to swoop around. Ansel flies round the tower, diving and twirling with May in their arms. I'm passing Irina and Esmeralda in the tower. Then... They're going to get a little bit of a fiendish gleam in their eye. 
And they're going to tell May to hang on to something. May wraps their arms around Ansel's waist. Their tail sticks out and twists around Ansel's ankle. Aww. Ansel picks up speed, loops over in the air and begins to dive down towards the floor. They pick up speed and they pick up speed and they keep going and then maybe 15, 20 feet from the ground, they pull up sharply, flap their wings and land May gently on the floor. That was nice. I thought you might enjoy it. Mm. Ansel's going to fly up to meet Esmeralda and Irina. Esmeralda's going to take her arm off of Irina and turn to you. Now I want to go. She jumps out the window too. Ansel rolls her eyes and dives after her. (laughs) Ansel loops round, catches her, and dives towards the floor again before dropping her neatly, maybe two, three feet from the ground. And then brings themselves up once again (laughs) for Irina. I think I'll take the long way down. I've flown around this castle so many times already. I can teleport us down. That'll do. Ansel grabs Irina's hand and dimension doors back onto the ground. We meet Bertrand outside the castle. He's carrying the dragon skull under his arm. So, Argenvostold? Yes, the last thing we've got to do. We head through the valley, down past Vlaki, to the house of the Silver Dragon. It lies quiet. The revenants inside are finally at peace. And we go round the back to the mausoleum, where the rest of the bones of Argenvost lie, and we set the skull with the rest of them. We look outside, and the top of the tower is shaking. Divine light surrounds the whole thing, and it swirls up to the top where the beacon lights. And up from the beacon shoots a beam of light, letting the entire valley know that good has been restored to Barovia. And that's all we have time for today. We're going to have some post-episode discussion now, which you're welcome to continue to listen to. It's spoiler-free, not that there's any more spoilers, and very silly. This is the last episode of Curse of Carmilla, and we're really gonna miss it. We'll be back soon with more podcasts, more projects, some of them D&D, some of them not. We hope you'll enjoy listening to them. And if you've got this far, Thank you for sticking with Curse of Carmilla. It has been so fun to do. (laughs) We started this just as a little game of D&D between the two of us over lockdown. And it's been such an important part of our lives over the last 12 weeks. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. So, post-episode discussion. We have a Q&A next. Uh, It consists of one question. Yes, from Captain Chrono, also known as our friend Mitch. What's the best teeth-based metaphor that's at least semi-coherent that you can come up with, in character or not, for whoever wants to field this question? So Ansel's best teeth-based metaphor is... Well, gender is like teeth, isn't it? Some people have them, and some don't. My best tooth-based simile... 
not a metaphor, but I'm not being that complicated right now, is poetry is like teeth. Painful when it goes bad. This is not quite a metaphor, but... Hey, you're biting my arm! With my teeth? That's not... That's not... I said it wasn't a metaphor. You, but you, you... I don't have a response to that. Don't do it again! <laughs> a horrid... thing? I love you. I love you too. With that question out the way, we're gonna discuss the episode a little bit, and also maybe discuss what would actually happen after this episode if we were gonna leave the mic on. Personally, I... I've, we, me and Jordan have talked about this a lot, like what, what Ansel and May would do after all this. And mostly our answer is Ansel would sleep a lot, mostly on Davian's couch. They're gonna nap, mostly and maybe work through some of that trauma. <laughs> oh, bless. They have so much trauma now. You took a perfectly good angel and you fucked it up is what you did. Mm, I'm not sorry. I regret nothing. I'll do it again. No! Um, and at some point, I'd really love to do a one-shot where Ansel and May march to the gates of heaven and murder the shit out of Iolonis. Ansel and May kill God. That's fair. That's yeah. Ansel's weekend plans. Hmm. It's our weekend plans too. <laughs> While Ansel spends a lot of time napping in the winery, I feel like Irina and Esmeralda are actually going to set up that vampire hunting school out of Carmilla's old place. I think so too. And I mean, Rick, Rudolf von Richten is retiring. He'd make a good teacher. That would be very cute. We did opt for the ending that people say you can't get in Curse of Strahd, which is the good one. Yeah, the book is like, oh, at the end, Strahd comes back and it's evil and bad things happen. Ooh, dark, scary. Let fictional characters be happy, please. I mean, the real people aren't going to be, so... <laughs> Yeah, the world's on fire. Let the fictional world not be. I enjoyed the fact that we fixed... I say we fixed. I enjoyed the fact that we brought some good into the Abbey as well. Yeah. Vasilka was great. So we sorted out the Abbey. We sorted out Valaki. We sorted out Castle Ravenloft. The dark powers in the Amber Temple slumber on. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, what can you do about that? Well, you know, I mean... The Order of the Silver Dragon has been restored a little bit. Yeah. So, quite possibly set up a vampire school and set up a holy order to protect Barovia and just make sure nobody makes a deal with the dark powers. I don't know. Again, hopefully, that would be very nice. Zuleka enjoys the world outside of Barovia and Glanis lays another egg. Zuleka is sadly not around to eat the egg, but I'm sure there are plenty of eggs wherever she ends up. I fought so hard to get that scene in where Zuleka was like, I'm going to name the child Ansel. My name's- Your name is Ansel now! Kim would not let me do it, unless May said, No, no, she's joking. But I made that very unsincere. Unsincere! I speak English. Jesus, Jordan. What happens when one is not sincere? One is insincere. Unsincere. You... Just like a grave is undug. Readers- Readers, listeners, be glad you cannot see my expression right now. I'm in Tien, 
I am smart. You do not maintain that at all, Jordan. No, every day I get dumber and hotter. What a curse. Mm, I used to be smart and ugly. Oh, sweetheart. You know it's true. I'm just... Don't get me involved in your personal drama. (laughs) I got a 98 on my first test at Durham University and a 31 on my last. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Or at least to the characters. I imagine Davian's pretty happy having Ansel and May around for a while. Yeah, Davian really likes you. It's so cute. I I love the fact that Davian got Ansel's true name, which I think just stressed him out. A little bit, yeah. You know, honestly, when Ansel finally leaves the winery, they might ask ask Davian if it's okay if they take on the Mardikov surname. Aww, that's adorable. Also, like, if they're going to get married to May at some point, one of them needs to have a surname. Hey, May has a surname. It's Mayhem. Their first name is The Lord of. Yes, but no. Ansel's not having that. What? Ansel Mayhem is a great name. You're terrible. I'm gonna miss these characters so much. Same. I'm even gonna miss Bertrand. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, uh, let's ask each other some questions about Curse of Carmilla before we finish up. Yes, I am the DM. You ask me first. Okay. What was your favorite moment from the whole series? My favorite moment, I think, was the bit before Irina was taken when she handed over the sword to Eastmark, and then he deactivated it. And I think my favourite moment was just, I'm going to send a message to Irina telling her to be careful. There is no reason to be careful. Everything is fine. I sent that as a message. I know. Make a perception check. And then the Eastmark's voice slowly shifting into Carmilla's as they revealed themselves. I love that bit so much. It is a credit to your voice acting, because we I didn't do anything to edit that clip. Like, that is just Jordan voice acting. Either that, or the bit after Irina, who was Ansel in disguise, gave Carmilla a piece of her mind, and Carmilla went, Are you sorry for that? No. You will be. Like, that's just a great villain line. That's fair. I I think one of my favorite moments is, especially just from an editing perspective, because I do the soundscaping for Curse of Carmilla, and one of my favorite moments is just after we kill Vladimir, and the music fades out, and I say, okay, let's do this. We have about a second of pause before the guitar comes in. Yeah, the key change, uh, the music change in the middle of the fight is just it's a staple that I love. Uh, so other than Ansel and May, obviously, who was your favourite NPC? Okay, I'm gonna be so predictable. Davian? Yeah. I, in the end, I've actually also got... Okay, so I love Esmeralda, that goes without saying. Esmeralda is great. I have a weird soft spot for Vladimir, which didn't happen until he died. <laughs> oh, bless, you're so dumb. I don't know, now he's dead. I'm kind of like, oh, but I liked him. Listener, I did not like him. He's just dead. (laughs) My other favorite NPC was Madam Ava. That's because you got to play her and you just got to play a tarot reader 
And you love that? Yes, I do. <laughs> also, it was a really fun character. It's going to give you a history lesson about these sets of obscure cards, and you're going to find it kind of annoying, because I go on for ages and ages. The original cut of that was about a minute and a half longer. <laughs> oh, I can just spiel. Yep, I had to cut so much of it out. I love you, Pib. <laughs> I made you keep the original cut. We still have it somewhere. <laughs> it was so long. God, my favorite NPC. I think by the end of it, Irina. Because from the original, a bit scared, kind of a bit useless, to really confident, really charismatic, killed Carmilla. I loved her arc. Yeah, her arc was incredible. She's definitely the character that went through the most growth apart from maybe Ansel. Yeah, May's still a little gremlin, but they love Ansel, so... Oh, May had an arc. It was just... May's arc was learning to care about someone. Yeah, which was really cute. They're still an absolute gremlin. Oh yeah, they are. They jumped out of a window. <laughs> Chaos gremlin. That was like a 300, 400 foot fall. Jeez. They would have survived... <laughs> <laughs> They'd have just hurt a lot. Uh, to be fair, Ansel cast fireball centered on themselves this session, so... God, both of our characters are so dumb. They just really, really, really wanted to finish off the abbot. That's fair. He was awful. He was awful. See, that, that was our subtle plan this entire time. You thought the final villain of Curse of Carmilla would be Carmilla. It turns out the main villain this entire time was God. Well, Iolonus. Yeah. He was definitely less bothered about getting rid of Carmilla than he was about shoving his angels somewhere where they could just die without inconveniencing anyone, huh? Oh yeah, he did not anticipate Carmilla dying at all. That was not his plan. He just needed a convenient way to dispose of angels. Well, like, angels he no longer wanted. Yeah. So... I love the fact that Ansel got given this quest and was so bullheaded about it that even when everything turned out to not be the way that they were told it was and everything went wrong and, you know, it became increasingly clear that actually no one really expected them to defeat Carmilla, but goddammit, they've been told yeah. that they were going to defeat Carmilla and that's what they did. God, there's a little bit of you in that, isn't there? Entirely, yes. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Ansel's, Ansel's growth as a character from kind of naive and not actually that good, like they think they're good, to realizing what it actually means to care about people and do the best thing for them, hmm. I think was really, really nice. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Also, the swap from I don't understand to... Fuck Iolonus. Yeah, that was fun. Um, was really nice. Ansel still is missing a lot of basic information about the world. There's still a dumb bird. May's aunt is a goat. May's aunt is not a goat. They could be. May doesn't even have an aunt. They could have an aunt. Do demons have aunts? Some of them do. <laughs> I don't want to ask how you know. All the demons I know have ants. This is getting a bit out of hand, so we're gonna- This is getting out of hand. Now no! two of them. Jordan, you know what? I'll give you the DM some quick fire questions. Mm -hmm. Favorite combat? May very well be the final one with Carmilla. 
Yeah, that was excellent. Although if you can't kicking Piddlewick down the stairs, that was my favourite. Favourite evil clown voice you got to do this combat. Ha ha ha. If you tune into your, our next podcast, you'll get to hear my other evil clown voices. Why? That wasn't agreed on. Oh. No, you can't do this to me. You don't get to make the agreements, Kim. No, 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 no. No, I refuse. Um. Okay, more questions for you. Why would you hurt me like this? <laughs> because I'm a gremlin. Uh, Favourite May moment? I think it was... Getting to deal, like, 50 points of damage to Carmilla on Carmilla's turn, because so much of May's spells are centred around themselves getting hit, so that's really fun. Your favourite Ansel moment? Whenever they got in contact with Iolonus, and he basically told them that they were sent here to die, and Ansel's breakdown. Yeah, that was a lot. Favourite villain moment? I think it was the... Are you sorry for that? That's fair. It was terrifying. And favourite moment from any NPC? Esmeralda de Evanier. I'm the girl that killed Vladimir. Irina Kolyana. I killed Carmilla. Oh, jeez. She swooned! She did. She swooned hard. God, also, God, it's only going to take them like two months before they start living together in that big old castle, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If it even takes two months. <laughs> Fucking lesbians. Yeah. Lesbians are the worst, just moving in with each other after two months. God, who would do that? What, what set of lesbians do you know that you're listening to right now who would do that? Mm. Eh, who knows? Next question. Favourite stupid moment? I think of all the stupid moments we've had, there's been Puppet Vladimir. There's been... Shut up, your name is Ansel now. There has been... The poetry. The poetry. But I think, hands down, my favourite moment was... Excuse me... I am but an elderly babushka on my way to see my grandchildren. Haha, I am not an elderly babushka, I am a vampire. Ha ha ha. I actually got yelled at by an elderly babushka at work. Like an actual Russian grandmother wearing a scarf over her head. She had like four teeth. Um, I was trying to help her with something and she sort of started shredding because elderly people just do that. And then after I helped her, she asked me what my name was, and I said, Jordan. She said, you were the river where Christ was baptized. And I kind of just nodded because, thank you, elderly babushka, for your wisdom. (laughs) Favorite voice acting moment? Okay, so we've already talked about the Ismark to Carmilla's voice. But I think other than that, Esmeralda doing a fake Barovian accent where I had to have the American accent bleeding through. That was really fun. Yeah, and really impressive. Uh, what about your favorite like moment we've achieved through editing, so with all our fancy sound effects and stuff? God, the Amber Temple montage was great because there's so much content in the Amber Temple. And none of it is interesting for our listeners. Yeah, like, oh yes, there's a death slad. Roll for initiative. What's the death slad? I don't know. What's it doing here? I don't know. It's like a frog, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a weird giant frog with a sword. There's no reason for it to be there. He was just... He was just chilling. He was literally just chilling. That's dope as hell. But yeah, I really liked the the montage. And I don't have any more questions because I've, I've... I mean, I didn't have a list of questions. I was just making them up off the top of my head. But I finally ran out of the top of my head. <laughs> Uh, so my final question is, your favorite person to run a D&D podcast with? Hmm. 
If you say Matt Mercer, I'll kill you. <laughs> hmm. I will go and find my favorite person to run a D&D podcast with and bring him here. I have brought over my favorite person to run a D&D podcast with. Bathmat, the rat. Who's a cute rat? You are. Who's a little bucket boy? Ooh, he's such a cute rat. Hmm. Rat. And otherwise, thank you for sticking with us. It's been a blast. And that's the end of our post-episode discussion. Curse of Carmilla has been produced and edited by Jordan Montgomery and Kim Dean. Our battle theme is by Raphael Crooks. All music, unless stated otherwise, is by Darren Curtis. Find out more at www.darrencurtismusic.com. Additional sound effects are from dapsplat.com.